Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare. Here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor, Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host, Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda, and today we have our guest speaker, Sarah Ruber, who is the CEO and founder of Our Thrive Tribe. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm fabulous. Taylor, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to have you on today's episode. It's it's taken a while, but we're finally here. <laughs> we have the, the queen of marketing and social media herself, and I'm so excited to talk to you about that, especially with Tamara on with us, she also is, you guys can battle it out for that throne, but you're both amazing people. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about you and your experience. And so, um, I just want to get started and tell everybody, you know, if you can tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you started our thrive tribe. Absolutely. I, um, and no, there will be no battling. We can share the throne. Right. I it's all exactly exactly. Um, I I've worked in dental for close to ten years. I've worked at two different dental marketing companies and the dentist entrepreneur organization. And at some point in those ten years, I kind of started to notice that, in my opinion, social media from businesses and from DSOs were a little on the. Um, did you know that red toothbrushes are more commonly purchased than blue ones? You know, where like every single post was very um, like holiday, like almost as if people had that national holiday calendar, like today's national makeup brush day or something like that. So I thought building relationships is really, really important, especially in today's day and age, especially after COVID, people want to feel connected to the places that they go to. And so last year I decided um, maybe I can do this on my own. And I started my company. I just celebrated my year anniversary and uh, I wanted to tell you, thank you. So uh, feels like the longest year of my life. I'm sure most entrepreneurs can relate to that. Um, but yeah, so I started as mainly a social media agency working with DSOs and industry partners, but it's also just kind of blossomed into business development and marketing and all sorts of fun things. So I get to do something different almost every day. So it's exciting. I love it. I did not know you just celebrated your one year. So I'm so excited for you. That's Thank you. such an accomplishment, especially, <laughs> you know, entrepreneurs, you're taking such a risk automatically. It's a challenge to open up a business and, you know, especially when you're so passionate about it at the same time. And so I am so proud of you. I mean, that's, you have to be so proud of what you've done. So kind of almost a little sh on the shocked side too. <laughs> I, you know, and I won't focus too much on this, but you know, you hear the term entrepreneur, right? That's what I thought I was. I'm like, I'm going to just go to other companies and I'm going to help them build them. And it's going to be great. I'm going to have this sense of ownership and I'm going to love it. I'll never be an entrepreneur. And uh, even Jake Poole from the DEO said to me one time, he's like, 
you can't be an entrepreneur unless you can spell the word. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Well, I guess I ain't it then, Jake, because I have to use spell check to spell it. But um, but working at the DEO and watching all of these clinicians in our space kind of go through the same thing with I have no, you know, experience, no, no um, experience doing these kinds of things and seeing them make that leap. I was like, OK, I can, we, can, we can think about this. We can do it. So I really I really spending time there really kind of gave me that confidence and and thought process that I could do it. So kudos to them. And guess what, guys? I know how to spell entrepreneur. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's okay. I use uh, spell check way too often. So um, it's, I think we all use it. So it's fine. Um, no, but, you know, it's one of those things I also realize, you know, I'm, I'm working for um, we're not technically a startup anymore, but we're kind of still in that space. Um, and so, you know, in that space, um, you have to kind of be okay with failure, which has been really hard for me personally to deal with. I love the fast paced nature of being with a new company. Um, but I am not great at accepting failure, um, even in the smallest instances. And so that's something that I've been personally working on. And so it kind of relates to one of the questions I have for you, and I'd love for you to answer with that no filter um, outlook, which is, you know, have you ever experienced a client that has provided like almost a difficult personality to work with, um, which has made it harder to, you know, um, be able to provide them what they're looking for? How, how did you handle that situation? Because I know that that's something that's almost a little bit related to failure because you feel like, how do I, how am I not getting through to this person or how do I make sure I'm providing them what they need from me? Sure. Are you a perfect perfectionist, Taylor? A little bit. Yeah. I hate to admit it a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Just, just curious um, because I understand that, that mentality. Um, you know, it's, there's two different kinds of ways to answer this question, right? Working for another company and having a difficult client, like you're kind of limited to the things that you can do. You can, you know, ask your manager for help, like those kinds of things. But me personally, as an entrepreneur, luckily so far, there's some knock on my little desk. I haven't, I haven't had like a difficult client, but I've had different personalities and it's very, very important to me. I, I like to believe I'm a self-aware person and personal development's really important. So the relationships, the, quali the, the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. And so I try really hard to be empathetic. So I think for somebody, somebody who's dealing with a, a difficult client, to, I would say to practice, I practice empathy. What is it that they're experiencing? How um, how can I adjust my communication skills? Like, I love the DISC person. I love all personality assessments. I'm obsessed, but I really like DISC because it just narrows it down. Like, if like I'm an ID, so I can talk, 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 but I can also say, you just better like bullet point this for me. I don't want to talk like too long. So you know, it's I think it's important so to try to not talk too much, which I know. It's too late. Um, I think it's really important to try to practice empathy and understand people. And that's what makes it easier for me. And also, too, as an entrepreneur and the owner of my business, I have the ability to say, this might not work. Our personalities might not work well together. So it's, you know, and it's not just for me, it's for the other person. I don't want them to be unhappy or miserable. 
Not that I make, not that I make people miserable, you know, but like, so empathy and understanding, I think can go a long way. And sometimes it's the process too, you know, it's not necessarily the person behind the process, but usually it's the process itself that really stresses people out. And so, you know, having somebody that's in your corner that can really communicate that well with you, I think really, you know, goes a long way. Um, and I know you and I can totally geek out over social media, but one of the most commonly asked questions that I get personally are how do you deal with the algorithm changes, right? We are constantly having to like keep up with Instagram changes and Facebook and now Twitter, right, is undergoing a huge change. So, um, you know, kind of how do you tackle those algorithms or how do you, you know, sort of teach your clients to stay aware of those? Algorithms, that's like the the ugliest word that like nobody really likes, right? And and the interesting thing is I spend a lot of time with industry partners on LinkedIn, which is like a whole other ball game, but not not quite as caught up to like Facebook and Instagram, but it's the easiest way I can, well, the way that I keep up with it, I follow Adam Mosseri. I'm sure you know who he is, Taylor. I don't know if you do, but you're lucky if you don't. He's the, not lucky, sorry, Adam Mosseri. If you are watching this, you are majestic, although you wear this really long necklace and every time he like moves, it hits whatever. And I'm like, can you just like stop, bro, stop doing that. But um, it's distracting, but he's actually a really cool guy. He's the head of Instagram and uh, influencers a lot will say like, oh my gosh, like everyone makes a reel after he makes a, a video or he does a lot of stories talking about like updates to Instagram and everyone's like, what's Adam Mosseri going to say today? But I think, I think the easiest way that I explain it to my clients, especially ones who I, th I feel like consistency, there's two things I see people really struggle with in social media. It's consistency and engagement. And consistency, it's like Google. Google is like a person. And, and really all of these, and, and I mean, this is my opinion, they're all search engines, right? And so if you, Taylor, you're the search engine of like the, the universe, right? Or Janesh. Janesh is like the search engine of the universe. And someone comes to Janesh and says, hey, I need to know the best hotel to stay at in Oklahoma City. And Janesh is like, per, like uh, his uh, reputation's on the line. He can't just like send them to the types of hotels that he likes to stay in, right? Like he has to like send them, like if they want a fancy hotel, he has to give them those types of like best recommendations. And how does he do that? Based upon reviews and all, all sorts of things. So I feel like I'm like kind of going off on a tangent. You want to present to people and put your best foot forward. And so Instagram or any algorithm wants to present to its users, people searching, put its best foot forward and its best. But it's learning to adapt to change, which I think, you know, everybody really needs to sort of realize that, you know, you can't get into Instagram or to LinkedIn or even Facebook and post the same stuff over and over again, right? It's always changing and growing and the, the platform changes, but also the user base changes too. So keeping up with, you know, trying to become more creative, right? With your ideas and what you put out there, I think is really what those algorithms, you know, train us at least as social media. And, also, and being relatable too, because a lot of times people think oh, I've got to be so salesy and I've got to push my product out there. You know, what our offerings are, that's right. not what people want to see. 
They'd rather look at something that's going to make them laugh in the middle of their very exhausting workday. And then all of a sudden that laughter turns into relatability and that relatability turns into, I now want to communicate with this person and learn more about their product because I can see them working with us efficiently. So I think that's also something that's hard to realize, but it's very important. Authenticity, 100%. And uh, you can, you know, you can tell. And if you're not, and plus a lot of people are actually be clear, not clever is something I think Donald Miller, who wrote Story Brand, uh, something that he said, but a lot of people suffer from analysis by paralysis, right? They're like, I have to write the perfect thing. And it's like, but you really don't because there's nobody that's perfect. And so it's, that's something that people suffer Mm -hmm. from too. So, you know, kind of getting that out of your way posting consistently, whatever that means for you. But also it really confuses me when I see comments and nobody, like the business doesn't respond to them. That irritates me more than anything because these, they're coming to you, right? And they're giving you your opinion. That's like, that's a great A, right? When you think of algorithms, when you're talking about that, comments are huge on the algorithm scale. So if you're not responding back, it's like, it's kind of like a shot. It really but is. And I like to say saying nothing is in fact saying something. And you are so great at uptimes, like social media, like all of the response and engagement. I love it. All of the content. And so, and but that shows that you guys as a company, that you care. It doesn't matter if someone just says like, congrats. You're like, thanks. That's amazing. Or, you know, just even responding back as, as a brand. I don't know if you guys have ever, like, I'm sure you guys have, but you comment on a brand's post and then they respond and you're like, thanks for like taking the time. It's building relational equity with individuals and it makes them feel connected. So then that way, when they call you, they're like, well, I kind of already feel like I know you because you guys are fun and cool. So it, it relates to industry partners. It relates to dental practices. Just say something. Don't say nothing. Say some, Because saying nothing does in fact say something. It, means that it shows that you don't care. That is my soapbox on engage. I think I personally think engagement can sometimes be a little bit more important than the content that you put out. So Totally. I agree. I agree. I I definitely think that the conversation is the most important thing, you know, DMing people. That's why, you know, when Instagram came out with their big, you know, 2022 changes, it was about humor and also engagement and engagement, meaning contact people, DM them, right? Like let them know that you're there and that you care about what they're putting out there too. So I, I 100% agree. Another question that I always get is, okay, Tamara, you do this all the time. What tools do you use? And I think every social media manager out there is constantly looking at, you know, new uh, software that's going to help, you know, with that engagement piece. So what is your tool that you just can't live I would not be able to live without my scheduling tool for all of my clients. And it was interesting. I used to use a tool called Planoly, which I really liked. Um, But then once I added LinkedIn to it, that didn't offer that. So I now use Sendable, which I really like, but at working at different marketing companies, I've worked through a lot of them. HubSpot, um, why can I do? Sprout Social. Yeah, yeah, Sendable, Mm -hmm. I really like it. Their um, reporting platform is thebomb.com. It's pretty awesome. Tamara, how would you answer that question? 
Oh, I love my tools, but I don't know if I could pick one. That's the problem. I, I'm constantly using different tools for different things. But for me personally, what I actually prefer to use all the time is my Adobe products. So everything in the creative suite is like my key just because I love being able to use different tools and, um, you know, have a little bit more freedom with design. But that's that's just one of the many tools and that I use. for me, because I lack the... I wouldn't say creativity, but more of like the design element. I don't have that skill at all. For example, I put together a PowerPoint presentation the other week and Tamara saw it and was like, just send it to me, please. This is terrible. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually put a lot of effort into this. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's comical, you know, that I just think I'm like, yeah, this this looks good. And then I see what she can produce and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, I mean, but that, so like for me from a, not really the creative design side, but more of the management of tasks and things that we always have to make sure we're staying on top of. I really find that using a tool like Asana has just been a game changer for us um, as a as a company, as a department to be able to manage everything that we need to be doing. So yeah, there's a there's a lot to stay a lot to stay on top of, but yes, a lot of uh, a lot of tools to use for sure. So I know we talked a lot about tools and algorithms, but I guess one of the biggest questions I think our listeners really want to hear, especially because we're heavily involved in healthcare, is, you know, we have LinkedIn and everybody knows that LinkedIn is really great for, you know, business to business or even business to consumer. How do you tackle LinkedIn for your clients? What is your secret sauce? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I, and it's funny, I don't know, not very many, well, not, not very many people. You either love or hate Gary V. I personally oh, like yes. him because he says the F word a lot. So I kind of like that. <laughs> um, but one of the things he says is um, if you're not using LinkedIn, then what is wrong with you kind of a thing. And so my take, what I do for them on LinkedIn is I get them, like I get them started because a lot of them, a lot of people are hesitant to use any type of social media, including including LinkedIn, because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know what um, who they should connect with. So what I do for my clients is I just, even having a presence for them is important. So creating content. And so my kind of my strategy is your business page. I'm going to use you guys as an example. Uptime Health has a great presence. You guys talk about what you do in the community. You talk about your team. You talk about the events that you're going to. There's no, you talk about the partnerships like with Bill Newman and stuff like that. It's great. It it builds credibility in the industry. So I guess what I'm telling everybody is do what Uptime Health does. So you, you build your credibility with your brand, but the biggest piece that I think a lot of people are missing is that Janesh piece. People know uptime, but in addition to that, people want to like, they want to know, and they want to like the people that they work with. Everybody knows Janesh. And it's not just from meeting him at events. He does a great job on being present on social. And it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be them. So I say that to CEOs and they're like, what? I don't want to manage my own social media. What do I say? Or my favorite is, I don't want to talk about myself. Well, then don't talk about yourself. Promote other people in the industry. It doesn't have to be. So 
it's helping them to to realize what kinds of things they they can say. You know, if they um, if Dinesh were to see a great article, I mean, he does a great job. So if a, if a CEO were to see an article about oh gosh, I don't know, something interesting from another company in the industry. That's a great, highlighting somebody else, that says a lot about you, right? Like this company is taking time on their social media feed to highlight somebody else. It's not even about them. Like, so my, my strip, my, what I would suggest or what my secret sauce is to have, I guess in that way, it's a two-pronged approach, your company and your person. So your group dentistry now, your Bill Newman, your patient mm -hmm. prism, your Amal, your Uptime Health, your Janesh, like those kinds of things. It's important. And if you don't want to do it, or if you don't have the time, which most of them don't, then I really think that you should hire somebody else. If you've got an 18 year old kid that wants to do it for you, you know, it and it doesn't have to be super personal and you pick the things or you pick the amounts of time. So I think number one, that's important, but engagement outward engagement, not just waiting. And this is in social media as a whole, but in, in LinkedIn, I go, every event that I go to, people come up to me and say, gosh, Sarah, I see you everywhere on LinkedIn. Well, yeah, you do. Cause I comment on everything. Right. And, some, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, you have your like MB2s and your 42 Norths that always post about their newest uh, locations or team members that's like easy. Hey, that's so awesome. Congratulations. Like in your own, you know, words, it's speaking of algorithm, the more that you post on LinkedIn, the more you show up in other people's feeds because you're active. So content, like getting out there, having a two pronged approach. If you have a business, although I'm an awful example of that because I don't post anything on my business, but primarily like <laughs> currently, <laughs> Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I think it's just because we're in social media, Tamara, because we were so busy doing things for other people and then exactly. even for our personal presence. So it's like everyone listening, do as we say, right. not as exactly. we do. Mm -hmm. But also I am, I guess I'm kind of considered my own personal brand too. So, but um, it makes a huge difference. I mean, in almost... Like, I, I think we were talking about this, you know, LinkedIn is kind of untapped. It's like we're all getting in on the, on the ground level of Facebook. And so, uh, so like, I guess LinkedIn is the, the new cool Facebook or now cooler than Facebook because Facebook is really exciting all the time. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, and also different audiences hang out on different, you know, depending upon who you want to, you know, work with the LinkedIn is like your big decision makers, your DSOs, your industry partners. That doesn't mean that link that Facebook and Instagram don't have an audience. A lot of these dental practices have those influencers, right? The, the office manager that's been there for 10, 15 years, you know, there's influential people in the practice there that maybe, you know, if you sell a hygiene product, maybe, you know, they're the ones making that decision. So it's important to be on those two. But LinkedIn, I think is just, it's really important to have a presence on. So if you want to have an amazing social media presence, look at what Uptime Health and Janesh Patel does and Taylor, because to see Taylor, you see this, and this is another thing, you can have a multi-pronged approach, right? Because people know Uptime, they know Janesh, and they know you, my friend. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yep. you can um, you can even continue on. Some people have big sales teams, and so they can have all of them. That's like 
talk about cornering the market, right? Right. So I think collaboration is really important, you know, like knowing that, you know, Sarah, you're going into these clients, you're becoming a partner, right? Of these, of these businesses. And they have to realize too, that you kind of have to have 50, 50, right? Where you and the team are working together collectively to be super successful on social media, because some of the times I think they, they think, oh, I'm going to hire a social media manager and then I'm done. I don't have to look at social media ever again. And that's wrong um, because we want them to be a part of it too, right? Have the people behind it. And we can't do that alone, right? We need them to be a part of it as well and be, you know, just as enthusiastic about it too. So that's such a good point. And I'm sure every marketing company that ever listens to this is going to be like, yes, they yeah. said it. But like to all of you people, all of you partners, DSOs, anybody who does hire a marketing company or somebody social media wise to help you. You have to have somebody internally helping you provide assets. Right. I, I think that's one of the biggest, th that's probably why a lot of these people have happy national tooth fairy day, or, you know, mm -hmm. did you know, blue toothbrushes are more commonly purchased than red ones because they're not getting those assets. Mm -hmm. but, but having been an account manager at two different mark dental marketing companies, I also know that I, I feel like there's almost like a, maybe there's a better way to do it. Like it's, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's about building that relationship. So if like Taylor worked in the practice and I could call her and say, hi, Taylor, I know that you are so busy because it could be an office manager. It could be a dental a hygienist, you know, that they, they offer as this internal person. And it's like, I know that you are so busy. I just, just, I mean, like, I know, do you have any cool patients coming in? Like, what do you guys have going on? Like, if you act as though you're part of that team, I, I just feel like building that relationship, it makes it easier for Taylor to say to me, Sarah, I know that you're right. Fine. I'm going to do it. Like, just give me a hot second. And I'll be like, fine. I'll wait on the phone until you go get this picture and text it to me right now. Right. You know, cause it's for, it's for the betterment of the practice versus me just saying, Hey Taylor, here's my daily, here's my daily email. I need a picture. You know, you have to be involved and get them excited. That's that's my take. My I've, I've kind of built my business model on the customer intimacy model, which also means that like I literally feel like I inject myself into like every company and that they're that I work with and their success is like the most important thing to me. So I would call Taylor at one o'clock in the morning and be like, don't forget at your cute little barbecue tomorrow, my friend, when you're eating whatever it is that you want to eat, you have to send me a picture. Yeah. Please. Well, just so. try it once. You know, all the people that are listening to this that haven't done this before, try it. And then see the engagement that you, that you get you know, oh, yeah. from posts like that and compare it to your, you know, national tooth fairy day and realize That's that good. it's going to go way further than you can imagine. So. It's it's astounding, and I could talk about this all day, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it was one of the challenges I faced also is when I'm making these relationships in person, I do have to have a presence on social media to follow up those relationships I'm building. And so um, the challenge that I faced is I'm not the type that likes to be in front of the camera. I don't like a lot of pictures or videos or podcasts where I'm on video, but here I am doing those things out of my comfort zone because it's necessary because as much as I might hate it, it's actually really great and important because now I'm recognizable. People will be able to see me and relate to our brand even better because they're able to see my face. So 
Yeah, I think that my numbers as well. I agree. And, and you're authentic. It's not like you're out here, Taylor, trying to be somebody or not. You're not like, okay, three, two, one. Hi, it's me, Taylor, with that type of, you know, like right. you're, you're just being you. So, right. yeah. Well, I loved having your perspective on everything, Sarah. And it's just so interesting to see how people take different approaches to marketing and social media and realizing also that we have a lot of the similar struggles that we go through. Um, but, you know, we all figure it out in the end. And um, it's been really helpful to hear, you know, how you tackle some different situations. And this has been really informative. So I loved having you on the show today um, and learning more about your company. And if, you, if any of our listeners would like to learn more about our Thrive Tribe, you can visit ourthrivetribe.co. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and comment below if you have any questions for us. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah.